Welcome to the first ever episode of Hip Hop Hype Hour, an original podcast on all things hip hop and R&B. As you all know, 2020 was anything but a typical calendar year and various forms of entertainment were significantly impacted, including the music industry. Tours were postponed and many festivals were canceled, leaving thousands of fans disappointed. Nonetheless, there was still a ton of hip hop and R&B music released. It's currently still early in 2021, so we thought it'd be cool to share our thoughts and opinions on some of the music that dropped last year. Without further ado, here's episode one of Hip Hop Hype Hour, a look back at 2020. All right, here we go. Episode one of the Hip Hop Hype Hour podcast. You ready to do this? Let's go, brother. All right, let's see how this goes. So I guess before we jump into our topic for today, we should probably introduce ourselves. So I'll start. So my name is Nikhil. Um, I'm a college student at UT Austin. Um, and then I guess, Lucas, you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. I'm Lucas. I'm also a college student at UT Austin. Yep. Yeah. So I guess last year. Yeah, I'm yep, out of yep. here after this. This is his last year. Yeah. So sad. Um, I'm a junior right now, so I've still got after this semester, two more to go. So I'll be a senior next year. So still got some time left. Um, but yeah, so this is um, the hip hop hype hour podcast. And so I guess we should probably talk a little bit about, you know, how this idea came to fruition and kind of like what we're trying to go about this. So um, Lucas and I are big hip hop and R&B fans. Um, and I realized like we would often talk about different music and different albums that came out we would share our opinions quite a bit um and a lot of them we had some pretty interesting conversations and some good back and forth about certain albums and certain artists and i realized you know it might be fun to like not only us to have these discussions kind of like face to face you know out loud um but then turn it into a podcast because it might actually be a little entertaining so uh we'll see how that goes and hopefully it does end up being you know somewhat fun um i yeah. think i think the most interesting thing for both of us is like we both have a different perspective on hip-hop and r&b right you know i'm like my favorite artists for example as you know are drake travis scott and the weekend just to name a few um which is mostly in that mainstream kind of pop mm. rap realm um but you know for all of these artists, I still, you know, have been listening to all of them for like several years. And, um, you know, I've have listened to like their whole discography. So I do have like, I, in my, I think I would say like a pretty well-rounded opinion on these artists because I've listened to all of their different types of music that they do have to offer. Um, and I think for you, Lucas, you're yeah. more interested, I would say, in like the lyrical, like, you know, yeah, a more Kendrick specific Lamar, type. yeah. yeah. Kanye West, you know, some really like off the wall, mm -hmm. more experimental artist for sure. That's kind yeah, of definitely. like what more towards. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm oh. still listening to Kendrick. Like, you know, th those three artists that I just listed, like those are my top favorites, like above all, like that was just an example. Oh, yeah, but sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Kendrick and I mean, he's due for an album this year, too. So, I mean, that should be <laughs> maybe hopefully we'll see. We'll see about Punch that. Keeps it's been saying. It's been, yeah, like, it's been like two or three years since Punch started More. saying, yeah, he's going to drop this year. <laughs> I know, right? It's been four years since Damn released. That's actually crazy. Um, yeah, yeah and it I seems think... like last year, but yeah, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. But I know the yeah. thing, too, to remember is you're younger, so, you know, you don't have the wisdom that I have. <laughs> what so. do you mean? By like a year or two? Like, what yeah, that exactly. Do? That doesn't change so anything. I have a bit more knowledge and, and worldly experience. All right. 
All right, I see how it is. Okay, but I think in addition to Kendrick, I think some of another artist you told me that you really like a lot is Denzel Curry. Um, oh yes, yes, I'm I excited think, to talk about him. I think he's yeah. doing some really fun stuff. He doesn't get the recognition that he deserves for sure. So yeah, and I'll, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't really listen to Denzel Curry, but like from the snippets that you have sent me before and what I have listened to, like he he has some pretty good like lyrics and verses there. So. Um, Maybe, I don't know, maybe through this, you'll convince me to listen to more Denzel Curry, give it a try. So Yes, sir. All right. Well, I think for episode one, I guess the plan that we had here was, you know, we're still early into 2021. Um, and 2020, I think even, you know, it was a bizarre year. I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't think we need to talk about that. I think at this point, it's pretty obvious. 2020 was one of the weirdest years for pretty much anyone, you know, that they've ever experienced, just even outside of music. But, you know, in the in the hip hop and R and B space, there was a lot of good music that still released. Um, yep. I, th I think as we go through these albums, you'll find that a lot of them are towards the beginning. Like you had like a lot of great music releasing like the first three months of the year, and then kind of as soon as COVID hit, it's like artists were and labels were just like, all right, we gotta like delay our album or we gotta push back this release because like we want to tour, we want to yeah, have, you know that overall effect so there's there was kind of like that void in the middle of the year where you didn't really get a whole lot and it was pretty spotty but um yeah hopefully... i think that's gonna happen with kendrick he was gonna tour mm -hmm. like headlining some summer festivals and then they all yeah. got canceled so yeah. yeah same thing with the with the weekend like and we'll talk about his album oh, in yeah. a bit. but yeah he was supposed to have a big tour um got canceled pushed back to summer 21 and now it's actually pushed back to beginning of 2022 um which is pretty crazy considering that he'll be touring at like two years after his album release. But, you know, mm -hmm. I guess that's just the way things are. Um, but yeah, so I guess our idea was like, we were just gonna, you know, have like a 2020 recap with this episode and kind of go through some of our favorite albums from 2020, talk about them. And if we've both listened to them, we'll do a little back and forth, like debate, see where we differ in our opinions on those albums. So, um, to begin, we'll start with January. I only had one listed here, like um, in terms of what I listened to. Um, it was My Turn by Lil Baby. I think that released towards the beginning of the year. Um, I think you listened to this one, right, Lucas? Yeah, I gave it a quick listen in some parts. I don't know. Um, Lil Baby, not necessarily my uh, cup of tea. I'm more of a dub baby than a little baby kind <laughs> of guy. Um, I thought it was fine. I don't know. I think that maybe it doesn't have the same like eccentricity that I really like when I listen mm -hmm. to stuff. It kind of sounded run of the mill to me. That's just my take on it. I don't know if you differed. Yeah, I think I definitely do. Um, in my opinion, so I'll kind of go back a little bit here. So I never really listened to Lil Baby that much like before. So I think the first time I actually like really started listening to him was after he was fe featured on that Drake song in 2018. It was called Yes Indeed. That was like, that was kind of like Lil Baby's break um, really into the mainstream, I feel. Um, he was much lesser known at the time. I think he signed to QC. So like he also got a lot of good publicity through Migos. But um, yeah, uh, when I first heard him, I was not really a fan. You know, I didn't really like kind of the aesthetic that was going on there like that high-pitched voice you know it didn't really I didn't really vibe with it to be honest but um after hearing my turn like I think I think the album name is pretty self-explanatory like he said like okay it's my turn now like I'm really like taking things to the next level um and he kind of went from this mumble rapper like one of those Atlanta rappers to like 
I think he's in the elite now, to be honest. He has a lot mm. of good bars. <laughs> you know, he got he got a lot of, you know, and, and the build up to it was great. You know, like after the Drake feature, he had that collab album with Gunna. Um, I think it was Drip Harder. Um, and then, you know, he yeah. just continued to kind of escalate. And My Turn was a great album. I think it sold like 400,000 plus units. Um, you know, did really well, had a really great deluxe and should have been nominated for best rap album um probably would have won it if he did but no i, I no way <laughs> i think it, it should have been nominated at least I maybe think. a nomination I think was, i'll say yeah, maybe a nomination yeah, but yeah. i don't think it i don't think he was doing enough interesting i think that it was still a little mm -hmm. too like maybe it was different for like where he was coming from before like i think mm -hmm. the lyrics were a little i think he improved a lot on the lyrics he's a little more yeah. clear had some more but I still don't think that it was he's necessarily like doing enough to break himself out of the mold of like Atlanta rapper for me. You know, I still think yeah. he's kind of. Eh. I think, you know, at the core, you know, that's still who he is. Right. But I think in terms of like changing his voice, like it sounds a little bit um, more sophisticated now. And I think, you know, his flow has definitely improved. Like he, you know, he can really rap, uh, I think. And, you know, there were a lot of great songs on my turn. Um, and I think he even continued to kind of build off of that energy. He had a really great song. I think it was called The Bigger Picture, um, you know, I, oh, towards the summer, you know, in light of the BLM movement that had some great lyrics and a lot of great social impact, I think. Um, and I actually, actually have not gotten a chance to see his Grammy performance from last night, but from what I heard, it was really powerful and really symbolic. So I think in that sense, he's really doing a lot of things that like you might expect from someone like Kendrick Lamar. Um, I'm not comparing the okay. two, but I'm not comparing the two at all here. You know, I think they're, you know, Kendrick's obviously on a completely different stratosphere, but you know, just in terms of like Lil Baby really ascending from just like your run of the mill mumble rapper to like, I think one of the better rappers really out there today has been pretty cool to see. So my turn, I think definitely one of the cooler albums of 2020. Um, okay, it's middle of the pack for me. I don't know. I right. like the album art a lot, though. I'm looking at yeah, it right now. Cool. I really yeah, like the cool. album art. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right, next we'll jump into. So we're going to February now. Um, this one you're gonna take the lead on because yeah, I actually yeah, have not unlocked. listened to it. Yes, unlocked sir. by Denzel Curry. Denzel right. Curry and Kenny Beats was doing the production on this track. I don't, yeah. I really like this album a lot. Um, yeah, I think that the beats, Kenny Beats does a really great job having some really like fun beats. And then Denzel is just really having a lot of fun on top of that. So overall, like, that's really just the only word I can use to describe this album. You know, it's fun. It's really short. It's an EP of like six or seven tracks. So I think that you should give it a listen if you haven't, just because it's so short. And there's some really great one-liners on here. Denzel really shines. And I'm not saying this is the album of the year or anything, but definitely one of like the funnest albums to come out probably in the past five years i'd even say all right and so i think when i think about denzel curry he was on it was one of the double xl freshman ciphers yes right? i think it yes. was the one with uzi 21 savage kodak black right he had a loaded ago. yeah he had a loaded yeah, no. <laughs> freshman and, year and yeah the thing is though even though he was surrounded by like all of these artists who have kind of really made it big now i think he's still like his verse was still great on that cypher like I, that that is one thing i do remember about denzel curry is that i think just that cypher as a whole is like remembered as being one of the better ones in the past few years um, yeah probably one of the best definitely definitely yeah. miles ahead of 
I think it was uh, Blockboy, JB, Lil Pump, and Smoke Perp on one of the ciphers. I'm like, oh my god, like we have really like you know fallen rock bottom with these ciphers. Like that was just god awful. But um, yeah, I think Denzel Curry is definitely on my list of one of those artists I do want to start listening to more. So um, you know, I've only I've only heard good things about him like from you and from others like who I know that do listen to Denzel Curry. So. Yeah, I mean, they actually did a like follow up to this called Unlocked 1.5 that like just okay. came out like two weeks ago, where they All had right. a lot of other rappers featured on it. I think um, uh, Benny the Butcher, some other features are really kind of a lot of like iteration on this. So I definitely right. like this is kind of their like attempt to have fun with quarantine and everything kind of yeah. going on with that 1.5. So yeah, for definitely sure. give it a listen. Mm -hmm. All right, so jumping into March now. So I think March was really, I think, one of the biggest months of, you know, 2020. And it oh, was kind of sure. right before everything <laughs> fell through. Because, like, you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff I have listed here. But, um, excuse me, starting, I guess we have, this was a really anticipated album. I mean, uh, Lil Uzi Vert has been teasing this for, like, almost two years. And then it finally released and everyone was super excited. And then a week later, we got the quote-unquote deluxe to the album which was kind of like just another completely different album Dude, with like i like know, this trend i'm gonna be honest i like the trend of deluxes being like second yeah, albums on top i like it it's it's interesting yeah for sure but you know um for those of you who don't know what we're talking about eternal a take is the album that you know comes up next here by lil uzi vert i'll be 100 percent honest with you and, and here's the thing you know I didn't think Don't it was a it. bad, I didn't think it was a bad album. I did not. You know, there were a lot of songs I liked. I thought it was pretty good. But I think like in recent years, you know, there have been a number of albums that have been anticipated for like two plus years or like more than a year and a half. And you get to a certain point where you hype it up so much and like it's so like anticipated by the fans that you reach a level of expectation that becomes nearly impossible to meet. And I don't think he met that expectation with mm. this album. Like, I think some of his previous work is still stronger. And a lot of Uzi fans, I think, would still prefer, like, those three original albums slash mixtapes that he put out, like Love Is Rage, The Perfect Love Tape. I think, I think just in general, you know, I'm not the biggest Uzi fan. I don't listen to him that much. But, you know, just from what I've heard, I feel like a lot of people were a little disappointed by Eternal Take. Not, I'm not talking about the deluxe here. I'm talking about the original Eternal Take. Yeah. Okay. I definitely like it. It's kind of have like the cyberpunk story, right? Like it was really hyped, yeah. long time, and then it came out, and there was kind of a lot of bloat on it. There were a lot of tracks mm -hmm. that were like throwaways. You know, mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. Um, there's some really good traps tracks that I liked a lot on there, though. I really liked like uh, Low Main. Mm -hmm. There's some really good stuff on there, but I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like the, the yeah. original track, like original album definitely had some bloat, didn't live up to the hype. Wasn't the mm -hmm. constant bangers of like Love is Rage or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think what was interesting to me is I remember like the beginning of the album, like first two, three songs, like you mm -hmm. had Baby Pluto and Low Main. It was like, like, oh, this is actually really good. Like I remember yeah. <laughs> I listened to the first few and I'm like, oh my God, this might be like a really, really great album. And then you get to the middle and it just felt like filler. And then yeah. you get to the end and it's like, oh, there's a couple of good songs at the end here too. I think like um, P2 and uh, Prices and I think some of those songs towards the end. Mm. So yeah, um, definitely a little bit of a letdown, but I don't think it was a bad album at all. I think it's still, and it, you know, this is another word you used to describe like Uzi's just fun. Like it's fun music. Like, you know, it's, I think 
pretty hard to go wrong, you know, but at yeah. the same time, it wasn't, you know, really that great. And, and to kind of add on to that, I think, in my opinion, this like waiting two years plus for an album and expecting it to be really, really great. I think it like Astroworld was one of the albums that kind of like kicked off that momentum there because, you know, it was really it was, you know, he started promoting Astroworld mm -hmm. like after he dropped Rodeo in 2015, Travis Scott. And so people waited like two to three years for the album and like it still did really well. I think it was exactly what people wanted in a lot of ways like in my opinion i think it did really well like i was not let down by astroworld at all but then it just kind of set this precedent that like oh any rapper that anticipates or like hypes up an album for this long like it's gotta be like the peak of their career like it has to be the best work they ever put out so i think that's kind of what happened with eternal take maybe maybe i don't know man i was waiting to see how long it took before we got a travis reference we got the drake <laughs> reference like two minutes in hey the funny thing is travis actually did not release anything in 2020 so this episode i'll save you <laughs> i won't i won't talk about him too much but you know if he drops utopia this year you already know that's all we're talking about so <laughs> okay. i'm just kidding i'm just kidding we won't do that um but yeah and then i guess we can talk about the deluxe a little bit too um again it was just it was all right i i honestly oh. felt like it was just a bunch of throwaways that he kind of just put out there it wasn't really it didn't stick with me really so i don't know man i i kind of disagree i thought the deluxe was actually like way like if they just really? released the first like the bonus tracks from deluxe if that was the original eternal take i think it would have really met like expectations mm -hmm. more so than the actual album he put out that I don't know. It's got one of my favorite tracks of the year. Yes, Sirski. Yes, Sirski oh is such a, I, I a good feeling like track, dude. It's such, remember, a, it's such a good track. I remember I got so mad at you, like when I would like send you something and you would instead of saying like, yes, sir, you started saying yes, Sirski. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like I already hate the song. I hate the phrase even more like, please leave me alone. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess it just, you know, the deluxe. I, I like the original eternal take i think better than the deluxe it didn't really it just didn't stick with me so too bad <laughs> all right to disagree all right let's move on to keep this going so I'm, i don't remember if you listened to this one but I, this was one of my favorite albums of the year actually it was heaven or hell by don toliver i don't know if you got a chance to check it out i did not know okay yeah i feel so bad I, because I, I know there's a lot of hype around this and i heard it was yeah. pretty good I'll, I'll take the reins on this one then. So um, just, I guess a little bit of background first. So I think most people, I would say the vast majority of people first heard Don Tolliver on Astroworld. So here we go, like another Travis reference for me, but yeah, yeah, the first time a lot of people heard Don Tolliver was on Astroworld. I think Travis kind of put him on with a feature on Can't Say. Um, and a lot of people really liked that song. You know, it was in most people's opinion, I think one of the better songs on Astroworld. Um, and a lot of people like Don Tolliver's verse too, and they started listening to him after that. Um, you know, he's another, you know, artist from Houston and, you know, Travis Scott kind of discovered him and he's like, all right, I'm, I really like this guy's music. I'm a big fan. I'm going to put him on my album. And, you know, he signed him to his label and kind of has been, um, really pushing his career forward since then. Um, and, you know, since Astroworld, Don Tolliver released like singles here and there. I think No Idea was one of his most popular songs. Um, and his, I think what's really interesting about Don Tolliver is like his music is, it's pretty unique, right? Like he's, 
it's he's sort of like in a perfect like medium between like he's singing but he's not singing and he's rapping but he's not rapping like his music sounds really unique and i think his voice is super unique um you know you can make the case that a lot of his songs sound kind of similar but as an artist like he has a really unique voice and you know pushes out a really unique type of music and i think that really sticks with people um and is what you need to like really break out as like a popular new artist um but heaven or hell was great you know it had a lot of great songs a lot of them like um after party and cardigan like they had been like leaked and like teased and listened to like before um and a lot of songs on the album like had already been out so there wasn't that much like original fresh music on the album it was kind of stuff people had already heard snippets of before and now they get to hear in hq for the first time but for his debut album i think it was great you know you know had a lot of really great songs you know i liked pretty much all of them um and i thought it was a great way for him to kind of kick off his like you know first album and you know i can only expect like bigger and better things from him in the future so that was a really enjoyable listen yeah so that that's gonna I mean, that's be fair. my yeah, that's my encouragement for you is I'll give Denzel Curry a shot. You start listening to Don Toliver. Like, I okay, okay, you I'll give it a listen. If it's a yeah. debut album, you know, I don't expect like crazy ideas and cohesiveness on it. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of saying it was a collection of some like outtakes and various things. from. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Don Toliver is a great artist. And he was supposed to be on tour with The Weeknd, like I mentioned before, but, you know, that kind of fell through. So maybe hopefully he'll still be able to be the, you know, um, you know, I guess like guest headliner um on you know whenever the tour does resume because that mm -hmm. was going to be really big for him you know touring with one of the biggest artists in the world like when your career is kind of just getting started but you know i'm sure you know only good things are in store for don Tolliver. so um all right next we have one of my favorites after hours by the weekend i guess this is where we'll agree i guess only oh yeah you know, a lot of good things to say about this one i'll let you start before i get into oh it. man yeah yeah definitely i wasn't like such a big fan i really like the weekend's like first mixtapes he put out like house of balloon era mm -hmm. like we starting yep. Yep. i kind of think that he like when he hit more mainstream i don't want to sound like a hipster or something here but i kind of mm -hmm. think he fell off a little bit in quality with his mainstream Mm -hmm. um but then i think that after hours was a little bit of a return to form but a little bit of something completely different right he really came out with this polished 80s sound like synth pop like i don't know man i just loved i loved this album so much like i think mm -hmm. it definitely got snubbed because of his choice to do super bowl over grammys yeah. mm -hmm. he got snubbed from a lot of other like publications i i've seen like a lot of other mm -hmm. publications didn't have this in their top 10 i think it's definitely in my top 10 for 2020 probably in top three even like it, i thought it was phenomenal yeah yeah completely agree with you and i mean you know <laughs> so for those of y'all who don't know like the weekend is like one of my like favorite favorite artists like ever like i'm a huge fan of the weekend like i've listened to all of his music i listen to all of his features like you know i'm just obsessed like he is one of my like favorite artists like and will continue to be like you know, as long as he keeps putting out music, um, and I've been listening to him for um, several years now. So, you know, I've, you know, listened to all his albums, you know, and I, I feel like the interesting thing to me about After Hours was like, I had like extremely high expectations going in and like, he met all those expectations like it was it was just that good to me no, he smashed um, he smashed yeah, those no, expectations for, yeah, bro it was it was absolutely insane um and you know the funny thing is like the hype hasn't died down at all like i remember um you know 
after my dear melancholy in 2018 like the biggest question was like all right when is the weekend going to release his next album what is it going to sound like like mm -hmm. what's going to happen here because starboy was his album before this one that came out in 2016 so it's been like four and a half years now since that album launched and you know after my dear melancholy that was just a little you know it was really good just a little ep like six songs um it was that everyone's head started turning like it's like all right what is he gonna do next and so the rest of 2018 we got nothing and then almost all of 2019 we got nothing either and i think you know that was a really good sign because you know it's pretty apparent that he spent a lot of time on this album like at least i think he said he put in at least a year on this album mm -hmm. compared to starboy that he made the whole album in about two to three months so you can kind of see just the quality of work that went into this album both from his vocals the type of music the production on this was insane too just so you know in terms of like the choices and no features on top of all yeah. of that which is even more impressive um so i think i think what was really interesting was so like blinding lights and heartless were the two singles that released in late 2019 i remember I was super hyped when they came out. I was talking to all my friends who listened to The Weeknd. Like, we were super excited. Like, um, and they were kind of more on the pop side of things. Right. Um, and then a few months later, he releases this single, After Hours, like the title track. And I listened to the song, like the beginning of it sounded like I was listening to Kissland, which is like, I think in my opinion, right. like my favorite <laughs> album. Kissland is my favorite Weeknd album, like, I think, you know, before After Hours. And, you know, I heard that and I was like, oh my God, like, this is actually going to be something special um and it was of course when the album did came out like you know that you know expectation was met i think what's what really sticks out to me about after hours is if you look at all of his albums before like we start with you know i'll, I'll refer to it as trilogy we'll talk about all of his right. first mixtapes they all have kind of the same sound it's kind of this like dark kind of like you know like drug induced kind of r&b right, type vibe like that was the first type of music he put out and then you go to kissland and it's more of this kind of scary um sort of like xenophobic type of vibe that he gives off i know that's a weird way to describe it but that's what that's what he says you know like it was kind of like you know scary and kind of like imagining yourself in like a foreign place that was kind of the aesthetic that he was going on with this album right um then you go to beauty behind the madness and Starboy, and it's kind of like he's a full-on pop star at this point right yeah so that was definitely you have very like distinctive characteristics to every album and then after hours was kind of like the culmination of everything like you had that pop sound with like the synths and the beats combined with that kind of original like dark R&B on some of the songs that you know he originally used to put out and I think that's really why it ended up being a masterpiece because it's like his whole career kind of culminated into this one project and then you know he's been riding that wave ever since yeah um, you know I have to agree that I, I really don't know where he could go from this like I think this is yeah. his magnum opus like exactly yeah <laughs> I don't know how you could top it I know. It, I think it'll be, be remembered as one of the best of the decade, probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, his Super Bowl performance was, even though he performed like most of his, like, you know, pop songs, kind of the ones that, you know, the general public is going to have heard before. It was an amazing performance, I think, given the conditions. Now he didn't have like a stage with the fans up close. He had to kind of perform on the top of the stadium. Um, my favorite part was when he had that little house of balloons transition oh, like yeah. on the field. Like, <laughs> Walking that through was the... dope. That was awesome. Like I was like, all right. Like he did that just for like his like, you know, OG fans. Like that mm -hmm. was, you know, excellent. I was, you know, 
After Hours to me, like definitely my favorite album, like 2020 should have, you know, it, it got a lot of recognition like on Billboard and it, you know, numbers wise, but should have been recognized by the Grammys. But, you know, I think there's a reason, you know, I didn't watch the Grammys. There's a lot of people who didn't watch them either. A lot of artists called them out. So it is what it is, but he had a great year. So, all right, moving on now to April. Um, skip, skip. The, the, see, all right. So this is Dark Lane demo tapes by Drake. Um, and again, just like The Weeknd, Drake is one of those artists that I'm just a huge fan of. Lucas despises Drake. Mm -hmm. like, let me just put that out there for those of you guys who are listening to that don't know. Lucas hates Drake with a passion. Like, And if you're into sports and you know who Skip Bayless is, well, he's, um, he's an anchor for Fox News. Um, he has this show called Undisputed where him and Shannon Sharp kind of debate different sports topics every day. Skip Bayless absolutely despises LeBron. Even when LeBron James does something really, really good, he wins a championship, he does something well, he always calls out LeBron. Like he, instead of like rewarding him for a, a victory, he always finds some negative to criticize LeBron about. That is you, my friend, yeah, like, when it comes sure, to Drake. Sure. Like you will never give him the credit, like even when he deserves it. Um, absolutely. And you know, I can't, like... I can't really explain why to you. I think it's just been my like, the history of the artists that I listen to, like mm. they have always beefed with Drake. There's always been Drake involved in various artist drama. So I think I just gained like a, a negative perception of him and maybe I just can't separate the artist from the music. Yeah, you I know? mean, the thing is, I think it's also with him like being at the level that he's at because like overall, like he, you know, arguably in a lot of ways is like he like the biggest artist like out there right now, like just anything he sure. puts out at this point is pretty much guaranteed to be Billboard top 10, maybe even top yeah. five. Like, yeah, it, I agree he, that. He's just, I mean, look he's at scary at hours, level. right? Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, even though that just recently came out, like <laughs> and to further my you know point about you calling him out like the first song off that what's next right it's a great song um mm. you know it, it's pretty good and you know lucas didn't have any you didn't have anything bad to say about the song but you said bro why does this beat sound like it was made on garage band like you know come okay, on that's true though it did sound kind of <laughs> yeah it's not that good that's funny yeah but you know anyway back to 2020 with dark lane demo tapes um you know this is one of those projects that was like okay it's not his you know studio album that you know is still yet to come out certified lover boy that's gonna you know debut at some point this year according to drake but dark lane demo tapes was kind of like a surprise mixtape that he dropped and it was a collection of like some throwaways some music that had been like released on soundcloud but not released officially on streaming platforms and like some leaks and some snippets and he's like all right like the fans really want some music like no artists are really putting anything out right now he just compiled everything into this like fun little mixtape excuse me and uh put that out there um and you know it was i think what why i liked it is because there were no expectations for it it was like all right like no one's been expecting this here's just a collection of music like from drake like some of the songs are pretty good some are just you know run of the mill like you know whatever um but he put it out there and you know, I really liked it. I was just happy to get some music from one of my favorite artists. I think that was the biggest thing for me. So, and I know you didn't listen to it. So yeah, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, definitely, I think, you know, in terms of like comparing this to his other albums, you know, again, you know, it's just like a surprise mixtape. Mixtape. It's more like a compilation of like 
you know, songs here and there, you know, it wasn't really like a thought out, like, well, coherent album. Um, but I have high hopes for Certified Lover Boy when it does drop this year. I think Scary Hours, you know, all three songs were really great. He gave us one kind of like pop type song with What's Next. He gave us one like a really great song with a little baby feature on it, which was great. You know, both artists kind of, you know, really, you know, gave it their all on that song. It was really good. And then you had that really nice lyrical kind of track with Rick Ross, Lemon Pepper Freestyle. I think you did give that one some credit. So. I, no, I give Once and Need some credit too. I thought both of those Thank were you. okay. I thought I Once and Need and Lemon Pepper were okay. I, I I'm thinking it's clear. It. Okay, like middle of the pack. They're and, average. And, and see, this is why Certified Lover Boy is going to be a smash because you actually said something <laughs> decent about Drake <laughs> off the single. So that is a really good sign. So but I said my hopes it, for. I said what's next sounds like a garage up. band, bro. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm sure it'll all sound right, great. All right. all right. Moving on now. Um, I'm just going to touch on this one just because I listened to it. I liked it. So it was Wanna by Gunna. You know, um, I listened to Gunna a decent amount. Um, it was, you know, it was. I think this was a lot more sophisticated than a lot of his previous music. Like he had just had better delivery, better flow on some of the songs. And, you know, like a lot of like other music, you know, like, you know Lil Uzi it was just a fun album you know that had a decent amount of good songs you know it wasn't anything like amazing or like special but it was you know it wasn't you know bad it was just a good solid album from Gunna who's just continued to put out better and better music over the years I think um so but moving on next <laughs> I definitely want to talk about this one because I this is going to be funny but Good Intentions by Nav what are your thoughts on this one? I will, I will let you get started before I say anything. Oh, man, what can I say, dude? It's just so, like, like I said earlier, I was kind of panning uh, my turn for not being, like, out of the box enough. Man, if you want to talk about, like, not out of the box enough, Nav is just <laughs> releasing the most bland, generic, washed down, like, I call Drake GarageBand. This is GarageBand at its finest. Like, oh my there's gosh. some toddler in the back just putting the stuff together, man. I don't know who he pays or how he puts this music out, but yeah, absolutely yeah, the worst man. thing. Worst thing I've heard this year. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, you know, yeah, because, you know, I really shouldn't be saying anything bad about Nav because, you know, he is repping the culture, you know, being in one of the like the only Indian rapper kind of out there right now. Um, and, you know, his fan base, you know, has, you know, a lot of like um, young Indian American, like teenagers and college students, you know, really hype him up, are a big fan of Nav. But, you know, I do got to be objective here. Um the music is just not great, man. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Like it, it's not, it's not good at all. Like it, it, I don't even know how to describe it. Like there's just nothing to say about it. It's just like, there's no substance. It's just not like, like I listened to it. I can't name a single track off there. I can't remember yeah. a single hook. Like it's just so like, yeah, man, it's just forgettable, uh, <laughs> forgettable, the crazy. The crazy thing is, so Nav is actually one of those artists that the weekend kind of like brought up and put on, you know, because he is signed mm. to EXO. Um, and his first project from when he was just a SoundCloud rapper, it was a self-titled project. It was called Nav. That actually had some good songs on it, which is like the, the funny thing. Like he had a particular kind of like this, like um, spacey kind of dark, like, um, you know rap vibe going on he had a lot of great songs on that like little self-titled mixtape but from there it's just like 
every next project has just been a little bit worse than worse. the previous. So it's like from there he had perfect timing, like which was actually a joint mix. It was a collab mixtape with Metro. And it's like, you know, how does that happen? How do you like, do how bad with guy, Metro? Yeah. How do, yeah. How does this guy, well, Okay. I don't think he did bad on that one. Like it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible either. Like mm. it was okay, which is what I'm saying. Like it's been a slow descent from now. Like he had a pretty good self-titled mixtape and then somehow gets a collab album with Metro Boomin and does all right on it. And then he puts out this album Reckless, which was just mid and then he puts out this album bad habits in 2019 which is just not good and then good intentions which he promised that he was gonna kind of rebound and kind of make up for bad habits being not that good it just doesn't end up being any better so it's like i, I think don't know. it describes itself man he had good intentions but it just shit man, the bed that is cold and i completely forgot he also had that one i don't know if it was 2021 but there was a a collab mixtape with uh wheezy it was called uh emergency tsunami and mm, i, didn't I think listen. that was this year. i didn't even was listen it? to it i didn't yeah. even listen to it i was like no <laughs> like yeah. there's no i'm not gonna waste my time and energy like i've kind of just given up on nav at this point um anytime you hear me say anything good about nav just know i'm being sarcastic or it's just to <laughs> it's to irritate someone or to just kind of like kind of i'm just joking like Truthful opinion, I do not think Nav is a good artist, but he signed to EXO, he gets a lot of publicity, he'll continue to get features, he'll continue to be out there, um, but you know, he's just one of those artists that like, I'm not going to make an effort to listen to unless he's featured on like, a, an artist or an album that I really want to listen to. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. All right, so next one, um, again, just going to touch on this one, High Off Life by Future. Um, it was it was a pretty fun project. Um, again, I know I've said that about a lot of albums here. Like it wasn't yeah. great, but it wasn't bad either. Like it had some good songs that like I listened to quite a bit. Um, Future, you know, and Future is like one of my favorite artists as well. Like you know, if every time I check Spotify, like Future is always like top five in my like listening. Um, just because I've been listening to him for so year so so many years, like. Uh, DS2 was the first time I listened to him. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought, you know, that's like a classic future project right there. Like it's one of like, it's his best work, I think by far. Um, and then a couple of years later, he had his self-titled album called Future. And then as well as another R&B type album called Hendrix that I really enjoyed as well. So I've listened to Future for many, many years now. And I've always really loved listening to him as an artist. But I think his recent projects just have not really like hit the mark for me. Um, so, and high yeah. off life is the same thing it's just he, he's just kind of like kind of went stale and he's not really yeah. bringing anything new to the table unlike these other artists like the weekend you know who's like con constantly evolving and being creative features just not doing that so it's kind of like i just have not i'm not as interested in his music yeah i mean that's exactly how i feel about future like i think he has like a sound and he's mm -hmm. really kind of stuck into his signature sound and he's yeah, not sure. trying to push the boundaries of that at all. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, and I, I think you can have a sound and still push the boundaries. Like I think um, Young Thug does a great job yeah, of having sure. like, a distinctive sound and pushing his 100%. boundaries. Yeah. But, and I, yeah, I wish he had life. released, I wish Young Thug had released something 2020 because I'm sure it would have been great because yeah, so much great. fun, so much fun was amazing. That was an amazing project in 2019. That was a really, really good album. So um, right, but yeah. future, yeah, I don't know, high off life, and I also had Pluto and Baby Pluto with. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that that I project. Did, I barely too. listened to it. Yeah, um, that was not it. Yeah, and I think I think they're really 
like kind of touching back on some things we talked about, like for artists like The Weeknd and Drake, like who are probably, it's very easy for them to fall victim to like this sense of like going stale and not being mm -hmm. able to evolve. I think with The Weeknd especially, he just always finds a way to do it. Like he almost like separates the album from and the artist from like himself like they're all the albums are centered around a character like if you look at the music videos for beauty behind the madness like they all have a central theme to it like he's portraying this character like starboy he even said like this starboy figure like he is a character like who like through the lens of this album and then with after hours like you get this like red suited kind of enigma that you have like and we don't really know who he is or like kind of what the weekend is trying to say with this you know figure or like character that he's created like you definitely get some joker vibes some like horror movie vibes from the character um and you know it's it's very interesting like he, he always has this kind of creative essence going on with all the music he puts out um and then switching gears to Drake, it's like he does all different kinds of music now. He'll sing, he'll do R&B, he'll make pop songs, he'll do, he's recently started doing like UK, like London drill music. Um, he's gotten into like, you know, some like uh, dance hall a little bit. And I think a lot of people criticize him for that. But at the same time, I think it keeps him fresh in some ways so that like, you know, it's, you know, not like his music doesn't go stale and then there are a lot of people who prefer his like 2011 2010 like style a little bit but i think evolution is good and it's really what's helped him stay at the top for like so much time whereas artists like future have kind of like just kind of stagnated yeah. on their progression so um now next this is you get to finally take the reins again here so yeah yeah, yeah. um alfredo by freddie gibbs and the alchemist Yes, yeah, this is actually a project that I'm I'm really excited about everything that Freddie Gibbs does. I really like his like brand of like hardcore gangster rap coming from Gary, Indiana of all places, right? Wow. Um so in twenty nineteen he put out a project Bandana with Madlib, um, and which is really good, really claimed. And um if you haven't listened to that, listen to that and listen to Pinata. They're kind of in a trilogy together. And then this album came out this year with The Alchemist. So I do think Bandana was a little better. And I was kind of surprised Alfredo got nominated for a Grammy, even though it mm -hmm. got snubbed last night from Nas's win. But yeah, I just think that definitely like Freddie Gibbs just has something there. Like, you know, he can mm -hmm. go with any producer and he fits that kind of grungy, um, lo-fi aesthetic really well that The Alchemist and Madlib kind of put out on their projects. So I think there, there's some really good tracks on this one. Um, something to rap about with Tyler, the creator is definitely one of my favorite tracks of the year. Um, just from start to finish, you know, like Freddie Gibbs really mm -hmm. produces something kind of unique. And I think no one else is doing in hip hop right now on this album. Like no one else is doing well. I think the closest thing is Pusha T, who hasn't really dropped anything since uh, Kanye's like streak of good music back in what was that 2018 <laughs> 17 i don't remember and you, when you know it. how i feel about that so i think that's I actually a great that's a great topic i think to have because i think that is one of like if you look like not this is not really much music related but like for those of y'all who don't know like you know one, one thing about me is that like when looking at like hip-hop and r&b i really try to like like, I don't just listen to the music and like, you know, and, you know, just like dig into the lyrics. Like, I like to read into the artists and like know more about like, okay, who is the artist? Like, what is their background? Like, how did they get to where they are now? And like, you know, um, 
like how did they become who they are you, you know what i mean and a lot of that has to look and deal with like relationships and like who do they get along with who do they not get along with and that whole Pusha T, Kanye, and Drake kind of like little triangle that was going on there. That was definitely something, and it's definitely something that maybe on a future episode I do want to talk about, but I'll let you continue. Sorry for the interruption. Oh, uh, no problem, man. I mean, just speaking along those lines, like if you haven't heard Freddie Gibbs' story, like it's definitely something, man. Like he had a hard life. Like he's rapping about things that actually happened to him. Okay. So i think he's definitely one of like the realest voices out there in, in hip-hop right now and sure. one of like my favorite artists so yeah. i'm looking forward to his next collaboration with madlib and with whoever and i think he got snubbed for sure i don't think nas's album which isn't even on our list king's disease <laughs> not even on our list yeah to, to be fair better to be to be fair you know i did read something that nas had been nominated many times for a grammy and like never actually like broke through so i think like this you know was like maybe his the turn yeah maybe the, the the academy was like okay like i think like this time we gotta like show some love for sure i mean they did that with kendrick you know the pimp a butterfly got snubbed good kid mad yeah. city got snubbed and you know to be fair i feel like that's another good topic for a future episode that little 2013 best rap album award oh. that went on like it's just crazy you have jay-z magna carta holy grail you have yeezus by kanye west you have Nothing was the same by Drake. You have Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. Like these are four of the Classic. best rappers yeah. <laughs> like in the past like 20 years. Like these are some of the biggest names out there. And all four of those projects were like amazing. They were absolutely incredible. Like for Drake, for Kendrick, for Kanye and for Jay-Z, like amazing, amazing albums. And then they give the award to Macklemore, mm. which, you know, he did, the album did well. A lot of people listened to it, but like, like that's I can't name a single thing he did. Yeah, I can't name a single thing he did other like, than <laughs> you. You don't do that, and I think that's kind of where the downward spiral began for the Grammys with multiple artists starting to call them out. It's like, okay, what you're doing is not cool and is disrespectful. Like, if you give the album to like even like Drake or you give it to like Jay Z and you say Kendrick got snubbed or Kanye got snubbed, it's like, okay, well Jay Z still won, right? Right. There's or some debate Kanye, there. Yeah, like, yeah. So, but this is like just disrespectful all the way around. Like, you know, but. We'll save that for another time. Um, again, here's another one for you. So going to yeah. June. So RTJ4 by Run the Jewels. Yeah, Run the Jewels. I think that they they definitely have kind of a signature aggressive, kind of more counterculture um, hip hop style that other artists aren't really doing as well right now. I think I really like Denzel Curry kind of did um, Bulls on Parade. He did a cover of that. And that was kind of released earlier this year or last year. And I think that's kind of the closest thing to like what Run the Jewels are doing right now. They even have some collaborations with um, Rage Against the Machine's lead man. So they're definitely making some really like timely music. You know, this came out right mm -hmm. at the height of like the BLM protest and everything. And this okay. had some really like poignant songs relating to that. So I think that this project um, definitely got a lot of recognition as a result of that. Like it was kind of very political and, but their music has always been political. So um, definitely something to listen to if you have it. I think that the Killer Mike is definitely talking about things that people need to hear. And so that's why I just wanted to include this on the list. And I think it was one of the only albums that was really even on my radar in June. Really? Yeah, yeah, I know now, like, I guess it's pretty obvious now, but we're, we've kind of hit that void now. I think summer was kind yeah. of like where that <laughs> void really was. It's like, okay, like, 
somebody please release something like I need new music, right? You know, <laughs> like I'm working all summer, I'm staring at a Yeah. computer screen, like I need something new to listen to. So, Yeah, and Run the Jewels really scratched <laughs> that itch for me. Um, I think yeah. Snow is one of the standout tracks on here. Okay. All right. Awesome. So I guess jumping to July. So at least we did get something here. So this was the um, posthumous album by Pop Smoke, Shoot the, for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. So first of all, rest in peace, Pop Smoke. You know, that was, you know, very tragic what happened in February. And it's really unfortunate because he was just really starting to like pick up steam, I think. You know, I, I the first time I heard Pop Smoke was on that little Jack Boys mixtape in uh, Yeah. 20, the end of 2019 um, on that one song called Gotti, I think it was called. And, you know, When I first heard the music, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I was like, <laughs> what? like I, I couldn't believe what I was listening to. I remember, Like, it just I remember sat, you played it for me. You were I played like, listen it for to this, you. listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Back when we were still, you know, doing in-person classes, I played it for you, like between classes and like, <laughs> you were like, what is this? Like, why are you playing this for me? Like, and I, I thought it was kind of like, I didn't think it was good. Like, I just thought it was really funny. And every single one of my friends who I played it for, they just started cracking up. They were like, oh my God, like, what is this? But then I started listening to it more and more. And I like looked into some of his other projects, like Meet the Woo um, with like Welcome to the Party and Dior and stuff like that. I, and the music really grew on me. Like, I don't think an artist has really grown on me like that, like Pop Smoke did. Like when I first Yeah. heard him, like, I was like, okay, this is not for me. It's not my style. I can't listen to this. So like, now like they're a really they're, they're a really well known like i think you know a lot of that is posthumous but you know they like he became a really well-known rapper um and you know put out a lot of really great music before his death um so and which makes it even more unfortunate because i think he would have continued to climb the ladder had he still been around um but you know this was a really great idea for like like his team to put out there kind of like the music he had been working on um with shoot for the stars aim for the moon had some pretty good features on there as well i think the biggest standout to me was that it showed that he wasn't just like this kind of like you know soundcloud type like Yeah. you know just kind of like you know casual rapper like he he could really he could rap he could make great music compete with the best of them and he could even make pop music if he wanted to because a lot of these songs on the album did have that kind of pop Pop vibe appeal, or like yeah. mainstream appeal um But they still kept his like signature flow and a lot they of personality. did they Like, did yeah, yeah, they I think did yeah, yeah, it was one of my favorite like tracks they did that exemplify that. for Like sure it had yeah a really hooky chorus, but it still yeah kind of kept that edge to it in the lyrics. yeah Like I, yeah I definitely I agree entirely. When I first heard Yeah. Pop Smoke, I was like, dude, this is so whack. I'm never going to listen to this again. But he's definitely grown on me, I definitely think. Yeah. There's a lot of potential there, for sure. I and I think the other thing was like there were a lot of songs that I didn't like actually because I felt they were they deviated too much from like his original sound, which is what I had grown to like so much. Mm-hmm. Like songs like Scenario, um, Invincible, Christopher Walking, um, Dior. I'm just kind of naming the ones that come off the top of my head. um and you know kind of like this really hardcore like this new kind of new york like rap style that had really been coming out and he was working with a lot of like london like producers like axel beats for example um so he really had this unique sound that he was pulling from like his like local like new york kind of sounds and as well as like the london drill scene so he had a really really unique kind of like you know wave going for him and i, I started to really like that music um which is like kind of why it's so sad that he, he passed away because even though like a lot of his unreleased stuff is getting pushed out now, 
you know, there's going to be a point where it will stop. Like there will be no more like new Pop Smoke music, right? right? So which is disappointing, but um, at least we get to, you know, we are getting to enjoy some of the last music that he did make. So which is nice. Um, jumping into the next one. So I guess this is a one that you were really excited yeah, about. I, I was super excited about this one. Yeah, we're both in agreement on this one, but Savage Mode 2 by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin. Yeah, I definitely like, I mean, 21 Savage is just completely like a Rita. He's one of those artists that completely redefines my expectations, but in a way that like, it's not like he's changing his style significantly. I think it's more if he changes his substance matter significantly. Mm -hmm. You know, he had this first Savage Mode. It was like a really hardcore album, like rapping about his struggles in Atlanta mm -hmm. and then moving to something like a lot just recently, a couple of years ago came out and had some really good tracks about him struggling with like stardom and his success and how does he handle that? And then he comes yeah. back to Savage Mode 2, which is a little bit of a return to form, but also mm -hmm. something completely different. He still has those kind of hard tracks like Run In and Glock In My Lap. Yeah. But he also has something like a little more um, humor, I guess, a mm -hmm. little more quip, like Snitches and Rats getting Morgan Freeman on there <laughs> yeah. is like <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, it was and really then I think cool. he has like a little bit more of a soft side that he's kind of shown mm -hmm. on this track, like R.I.P. Sure. Love and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, that said, I don't know if that works for me as much as I would have liked it to. Like, I do think some of mm -hmm. these tracks like R.I.P. Love and um, My Dog are just kind of um, some interesting points, like some interesting lyrics on there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, in a lot of ways that applies to like any artist in general, like, you know, and what I'm trying to say is like, if you compare Savage Mode 1 and Savage Mode 2, right, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people say like, and you know, I'm kind of 50-50, I think I like both equally, in my opinion, um, but there's a lot of people who say like, like, as good as Savage Mode 2 is, like, I liked it, but I still prefer Savage Mode 1, like the original Savage Mode, right? Yeah. I think there's a lot of people, and they have a fair point, because I think that goes for any artist, like, even an art like all the artists we've talked about already like you look at future you look at travis sky you look at the weekend you look at drake right like drake is probably never going to make music like so far gone or thank me later again right mm -hmm. because you know he's just evolved past that point the weekend is probably never gonna make another you know trilogy or another house of balloons like he might have elements of the, that type of music in his songs but it's never gonna be that full-on aesthetic again um, same with Travis, you're not going to get like another Owl Pharaoh or another Days right. Before Rodeo. And like with Future, you're not, probably not going to get another DS2. You know what right. I mean? You might get something you know, close. You might get something close, <laughs> but you won't like you won't ever get the same thing. And like because artists evolve, like, you know, like we're and that goes to everyone. Like we're human, like we're constantly evolving. Like it's always like a forward progression. And so with 21 Savage, it was like Savage Mode 2. Like a lot of people, I think in the opinion I shared was that it could have been a little bit darker because like when you think yeah. of savage mode you think of this like dark spooky these spooky beats and like gloomy type of vibe um and that was true on savage mode throughout but there were some songs on savage mode too that kind of sounded too peppy or like mm -hmm. you know too upbeat for like for the name of the album or kind of like, like mr right now to go <clears throat> yeah, yeah mr right now was one of them um and then, but I think like there were songs like you had Glock in my lap, um, Run In. Oh yeah. Uh, many, many men. Many men. Many men. Yeah. Exactly. Said it at the same time, right? That those. That was like yes. Like this is what I expected from this, right? Yeah. Um, 
and and savage mode like to go back on that i think ocean drive is like one of my oh. favorite songs off that yeah like, ocean drive is great just like at nighttime just like driving down the highway or something with ocean drive on it's just like you feel like you're floating man like <laughs> honestly it's like a it's, it's a different feeling so um yeah i think both of those you know great albums savage mode too i still liked it i think it yeah. could have it wasn't perfect i think there could have been some things that were done better on it but you know it was it had been teased for a long time like people knew it was coming they just didn't know when um and then he finally put it out there and it it i don't think it disappointed so um, right all right next one is for you again we got nectar yeah, yeah, by nectar. joji yeah, yeah that's and before right. before before you start here so i actually have listened to a few songs by joji like it was one of those artists that like i know he's out there i've heard a few of his songs but like I never took the time to like actually look into his music more, like actually start listening to him. So, but um, yeah, he's one of those artists that like, I know he's been pretty popular in recent years, but I'll let you take it. Yeah, away. I mean, he has an interesting backstory, right? I mean, he started off as like pink guy on YouTube, like releasing kind of like uh, very questionable videos for a lot of people, right? Some really weird things. Um, and then he kind of made this transition. He had like, when he had that channel, he had a few like joking songs. And if you listen, you're like, hey, wait, these songs are pretty good. Like, I think there's one song about ramen noodles or something like that. But you're like, wait, this is actually kind of good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he's kind of taken that and transformed himself into like an actual respectable artist. And I think this release, I really wanted to highlight this because I think this just kind of exemplifies that he kind of, he has something and I think he's close to getting it. So I think yeah. really what stopped for me is like the three middle tracks, like Gimme Love, Run, Sanctuary, just back to back to back. They're such good tracks that are like doing really interesting things with the production, with the music, with the mm -hmm. lyrics that I don't think sonically any other artist is really matching right now. So I think that Joji is really doing something special, um, you know, but I think he's still suffering from like, there's a lot of filler on this album. There's a lot of stuff that I skip. Like I, I'm like, okay, skip, 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 skip. Okay, let me get to Gimme yeah. Love and then skip 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 so um i just it wasn't one of my favorite it was like middle of the pack for sure but i just thought that there's some really good tracks on here i kind of wanted yeah. to highlight and, and share just because i listened to this a lot right yeah for sure and um correct me if i'm wrong but i think joji he's of asian descent right am i or yeah i think he's, he's actually well he's yeah. australian i think but australian, yeah okay. But he's, yeah. a, he's an Asian person, but I think he's yeah. from Australia. Okay, yeah. And I think, again, just like Nav, I think you get like a, a huge cultural connection there because you have like, yeah. you know, teenagers and college students like who can identify with like culturally with um, an artist. I think that really helps them, especially if, you know, there's not like other artists you know like of the Filling same culture and background yeah. like in in like rapping i think that's the thing with nav you know for like you know indian americans like myself it's like you see someone of the same culture and like the only artists of that culture like kind of making music or whatever like you automatically feel a connection and you're more likely to listen to their music just because it's something that you can relate to just a little bit more and i think joji like that really adds a lot of effect there so um mm -hmm. you know but you know it's definitely a good thing like you know i think diversity in the rap space is you know definitely a positive so and i think it only helps so um it's definitely a great thing in that in that respect um i think next one again for you so this is a, a extinction level event two by buster rhymes and it's pretty cool because i have heard like a few buster rhymes songs here and there he's been around for a while like almost oh, yeah. like, since the <laughs> 90s right like he he like you could almost say he's old school but like he's still putting out music like you know in 2020 right here this album so um what are your thoughts 
Yeah, I mean, I I've never like really had been a big Busta Rhymes fan before this. Like, I hadn't listened to him too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I had no like the the Busta Rhymes that I could tell you was "Look at Me Now," right? Like, that's I think mm -hmm. a lot of our generation's first Busta Rhymes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, "Look at Me Now," with the uh, what's Chris Brown? Is that right? Might be, might be. You might be right. I'm not. I'll, I'll have to look into that. But I think <laughs> that's you're really on old track. track. But yeah, so yeah. I like saw this album coming out. I gave it a listen. Um, and I was actually like, pleasantly surprised that Buster Rhymes manages to keep it kind of interesting and mm -hmm. um, really modern for being such an old rapper. I think you're right. Um, he has Chris Rock on this album at a couple places, kind of like Morgan Freeman okay. on um, Savage Mode 2. Which was dope, um, by the way. I think we forgot yeah. to talk about that. that. That was awesome. I think him narrating that album, like just, anytime like, you hear Morgan Freeman talking, like it's like, all right, this thing is just 10 times better already. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so, Chris Rock has a yeah. similar impact here, though. I think okay. it's actually kind of funny to hear him, like, talking, hyping up Busta Rhymes. Um, yeah. So he's in a few places here. It adds a lot of fun to the album because the rest of it's actually kind of serious. Like, it's called Extinction Level Event, and there's actually some really apocalyptic uh, metaphors and imagery kind of happening on this album. So I kind of liked it. It was around Halloween of 2020, you know, um, with everything going on in the world and just the time of year, I thought it really kind of was a, a good mood to be in. So For sure. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, there's like a lot of tracks on here though, so I don't listen to everything. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of kind of um, love tracks, right? That don't really fit with that apocalyptic imagery very well. But overall, I think there's definitely some like standouts on here. Chris Rock's pretty fun. So it's okay. It's a middle of the pack album for me. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you want from an album, right? It should be something that makes you feel good or like, you know, like it's just enjoyable, right? So you right. Know, if it gives you that, then, you know, it's worth it. So, uh, all right, this now we're at December. So we got the final two here. So, um, yeah, the first one, I think I think you did listen to this one. I mean, yes, I, yeah, I, I gave it one listen. I know I know you got a lot of you might have a lot of good things to say about this one. But Man of the Moon, Man on the Moon 3 by Kid Cudi. Yeah, I mean, this definitely like redefined my expectations. This is another one of those albums that people were waiting for mm -hmm. a long, long time, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't remember how many years it's been uh, Man on the Moon 2 came out, or the first Man yeah. on the Moon was in 2009. So it's been, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely think that he, like, I, he came up on Kids See Ghost back with that good music release back in, I think it, I want to say it was 2018, but I don't remember exactly you're correct. when. Yeah, and it that, was, it was album. right there. It was in June. It was right there amidst yes. the whole, like, Kanye Drake drama that was going yeah. on. So that was one of the things he put. I mean, there. that completely blew me away. So I was really excited for this album, too, because mm -hmm. the hype from previous Men on the Moons and kind of um, Kids See Ghost. And yeah, I think he definitely lived up to it. I think it was a lot more of like what people missed from the first man on the moon and the second man on the moon. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that he kind of kept adding some new elements too. I think that um, if I'm not mistaken, Phoebe Bridgers was on one of the tracks in here. I think, I think so. That, I think yeah, she's correct. like yeah. really fun. I really like indie music too. So I was uh -huh. really uh, excited to see her. And I thought that she did a really good kind of duet with him. And I think uh -huh. he's making some of the most interesting music in the scene right now kind of bridging yeah. that gap between um hip-hop and and like indie rock i think he's filling that niche really well and i think this project does a good job of that yeah i don't i i don't fully agree with you um <laughs> i think this is my, my take on it is this right like man on the moon you know is like 
it, it's a classic, right? I think it's universally right. accepted that, you know, it's a classic. Like when you think of Kid Cudi, like you're like, oh, Man in the Moon, right? You know, like that is, and like Day and Night, one of those songs. Day like, and Night, know, yeah. That, that's like, it's been sampled, you know, it's like, it's a popular song. Like people know what that song is. But with Man on the Moon 3, like I think it has good moments, but at the same time, like it's just, I feel like it it's not in line with like the same like level as like previous Man on the Moons. And I think a lot of songs on the album just sounded like very similar or like the same. Um, it just felt like kind of a lot of songs. It's like, okay, I'm just listening to like one continuous song here. Like it's not, it's very hard to make distinctions. So it didn't really like stick out to me as much as I thought it would. Yeah, okay. So I think that was intentional, though. I think that, that okay. it's supposed to be like kind of a cohesive sound, like it is supposed mm -hmm. to be more of like a, a right, like the album's supposed to be kind of like a story journey. And so for that reason, I don't think anything's like too outlandishly different. Mm -hmm. But I can understand why that's like a, a problem. Like I, there's nothing that stands out as much on this album. I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Like there's no yeah. single track I can pick this as like, oh, mm -hmm. this is the standout track. Like this, this really like, was amazing i just well, thought I the whole thing was. was good i think tequila shots was that one song that was like a, a lot of people were like oh yeah like, i mean a lot of people like, yeah but song. for uh, for me personally i didn't think it was anything like mm -hmm. I, it was good for sure but i don't think it was as high like i'm saying like i don't think there's a track that's as high as the highs on like man on the moon right yeah i yeah, yeah i agree with that and you know i haven't like given that many thorough listens to it i think i listened to it all the way through like once so maybe i just need a go back and revisit the album and maybe my opinion will change now that it's been like three months but you mm -hmm. know that was just kind of i'm just giving my first impressions here and there were like usually like for me because when i listen to a song on spotify like or an album like <laughs> i guess my measure of how good an album was is like okay how many songs of this album did i save to my library right yeah and if it's like yeah. like if it <laughs> you know with like after hours for example i, I saved the whole album song. right you know that's <laughs> like yeah so all right this is amazing right um and, and i'm pretty picky because like i try to save space on my phone so i don't download everything so if i download something i gotta really really like it so that's like a good measure for me to like how much i liked an album okay and with man on the moon 3 i think i downloaded like four or five songs so it's like that, that's pretty good right you it's know okay. like yeah, yeah yeah it's not bad it's not bad at all so you know i think it was, it was solid you know i did it meet expectations for you know i i think personally it didn't i think it fell short a little bit but um Again, it's pretty opinionated because Kid Cudi is one of those very creative artists and he kind of like, you got to look at it from the lens of like, okay, what did Kid Cudi intend? Like not right. like, okay, how does this sound? You know what I mean? Right. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And That's the last fair. one those here, criticisms. Last, last one here, you know, I got a lot of bad things to say about this one. I don't know if you listened to it all the way. Yes, I personally I did. couldn't because it was just hurting my brain too much, <laughs> but Whole lot of Red by Playboy Cardi. Um, I'll start on this one because go ahead, man, what a disappointment. Um, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, this is another one of those, just like eternal to take, just like Astroworld that Playboy Cardi had been hyping up. And that was really like, it was incredibly anticipated. One of the most anticipated like rap slash hip hop albums, like recently, um, ever since Playboy Cardi released Die Lit in 2018, he had been teasing Whole Lotta Red. He had been talking about Whole Lotta Red. People wanted to hear this music. They had been hearing leaks. They'd been hearing snippets. Like people wanted this really, really badly. And then on Christmas Day, 2020, he decides to finally release this project. And it, 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 it in my, I'll, there are some people who like it. 
I'm just gonna put it out there right now. Like this, I'm sorry. This was not good. This was a complete disaster, and here's why. Because yeah. he, first of all, like it was not the music people were expecting. Like the hype that was built around this album was around a particular sound, around like particular beats from Pierre Bourne, um, and like there was a certain expectation people had for this in terms of what they wanted it to sound like. In addition to like just the album itself, um, and instead of giving people what they want he decides to release like a bunch of like songs where it sounds like it he's like it, it almost sounded like like heavy metal like this aggressive like hardcore rock heavy metal type vibe like these to me these are obnoxious, very glitchy yeah uh, glitchy obnoxious beats where half the songs he's just his ad libs are just him yelling into the mic or you know just <laughs> And some of the songs were just him saying the same word over and over again for a minute straight. It's like, I don't want to listen to that. And like, I don't understand how there's people who actually said it was good and are able to sit down and enjoy this music. Like, it's not enjoyable. Like, it's not good music. Like, plain and simple, a whole lot of red was trash. I'm just going to put it out there. You might not like that opinion, but it was hot garbage. Okay, I thought it was bad. I agree. But I kind yeah. of thought that there are some redeeming qualities like for sure okay. um i think that like people what you'll hear like a lot of people who like the album references they'll say like oh the punk aesthetics right because mm -hmm. like he's mm -hmm. kind of just doing what he wants he's screaming yeah. you know that's like kind of punkish beats mm -hmm. um i don't necessarily agree with those things because as someone who listens to a bit more eclectic music i didn't think this project was particularly off the wall Mm. Uh, maybe if you put it in the context of what people wanted him to do, it was a mm. bit more of like a bold decision to do something different like this. Um, but that said, like, I think that the, the redeeming qualities for me, I think that the some of the choices for the beats were really good on this project. Okay. Like, I, I feel like you didn't like the glitchy um, mm. industrial sounding beats. I actually I thought not. that some of those were that was the most enjoyable part of the project. Okay. Um, I thought the production was very lazy. I thought a lot of the times it was kind of they just put the beat on in the background and had him yeah, yell over the top of it. So I definitely <laughs> that, think that yeah, I hated that. So if they tighten that production a little bit more though, and they tried to put some effort into like the lyric quality, like at mm -hmm. any amount, <laughs> then I think that this project actually might have been enjoyable. Which is why I say it's bad, but I don't think it's complete trash because I think that there was there's something there, you know, there's something yeah. there that I think just needs more refinement and there was none. I think uh, um, he does have some, a, a little bit of chance for redemption, I think, especially like from the people like me who like just thought it was straight trash. Um, right. I think, I think you know, we were talking about this like deluxe theme, right? Like of these people dropping yeah. these like full album deluxes. A lot of people are saying, and I think he even teased it on Instagram a few days ago. He's like, I'm ready to drop again soon or something like that. But I think his plan might be to put out like a deluxe or like a second album that's just going to be like the songs that people wanted to hear. Kind of like what Uzi did with Eternal Take. Like a lot of right. his songs were like old music that people really wanted to see get released. I think he might do that. Like there's songs like, I think one of them is called Cancun that, you know, a lot of people like heard snippets of or like leaks and they really want to hear so he might just drop like another album or like a whole lot of red deluxe or something that has those songs and is going back to like the original playboy cardi that like people really wanted to hear um but i just think in general playboy cardi is a really polarizing artist because yeah. he 
you know, from a traditional like rap purist perspective, like no like old school rap fan is ever going to like say, yeah, I'm going to listen to Playboy Cardi because it's just, it's not even really rap. Like it's the beats kind of carry the songs and it's almost like he makes sounds and like does something with his voice that just like enhances the beat. So it's like, he does very interesting things that nobody else does really like with his music and like it, it comes to a point where either you love it or you hate it like i, I in, just look at whole lot of red like there's either you have playboy cardi fans who say like i love this album like this is amazing like i don't know like y'all are like whack for saying it's trash yeah <laughs> and then you have like the complete opposite opposite perspective it's like dude like how can you actually like convince yourself that this is good you know what i mean um you, you like I don't see any in between like people either say it's bad or it's good like you don't see like yeah I was all right kind of like what right. I said with a lot of these other albums like high off life like I said like it wasn't great but it wasn't bad either it was, it was nice it was enjoyable it was solid it was decent right but you don't really see that with Playboy Cardi albums it's like either it's good or it's bad it's like one end of the spectrum or the other so and this one was bad this one was bad <laughs> I think I actually I think Magnolia I actually liked um but you know and 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 dial it you know like i i also liked just because you know i really like the production on it for me mm -hmm. the production really carries it for playboy cardi um and because whole lot of red the production kind of tanked in right. my opinion the album tanked too and and his ad libs and the way he delivered his lyrics and vocals on the tr album and the tracks just made it even worse <laughs> so yeah, that's that's sure. my take on that all right. Well, we are at the end of the list there. So I guess we'll go ahead and call that the end of episode one of the hip hop hype hour podcast. Um, hopefully if this goes well, we'll be back for episode two with more topics and yes, more good sir. discussion, but yep, I think, I think that was good. So um, for those of y'all who stayed to the end, thanks for listening and hope to see you guys or I hope to have you guys listen to the next episode.